he is standing on the chancel in the very middle of the chancel holding up the cross and my dad's casket is right in front of him covered in a funeral pall the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers him and we're singing hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes the congregation was singing I wasn't Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a Bible verse, Colossians 1:17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations, they are an invitation, because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, Digital media operates from a distance, and that is not what's best for us, with God, or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome back to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell, uh, here with my co-host. Pastor Jason Chalkman. And we are continuing with part two of On Grieving, uh, which is a journey we're going to take uh, with Pastor Jason Chalkman here in the next couple of years as we talk about grieving and so help us God. Uh, help not only you, my friend, but also hopefully the, our listeners, um, get a window into the kind of conversations that can happen on on the road as we walk with Christ um, from death to life. All right? Right, in that order, from death to life. Yeah. I want to, read, I want to begin with a prayer again, this time a little different. Almighty God, gracious Lord, Look in mercy on the family and friends of Jason Shockman as they care for him. Grant them your Holy Spirit, that they may have faith equal to the task before them. Sustain them, that by your grace they may reflect your love through their patient service to Jason and to each other. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Talk a little bit, Jason, about what your family, especially your, right, your nuclear family, has meant to you in these last months and especially in these last days. Um, so in these last months, in these last days, I've been the one doing the running up to Appleton, um, and my family, my nuclear family, if by that you mean my wife and my kids, correct? Um, they haven't, right? And I I think it's it's probably been since about Easter that my kids have seen my dad, uh, even that my wife has seen my dad, um, in, in part because the kids struggle a little with seeing grandpa's decline. Um, and in part, and I said this to my wife not long ago, is 
in the midst of all of my running, in the midst of all of me going up to care for mom and my sister and my dad, um, I know she is grieving too. Um, but in, in a way, knowing, not in a way, knowing that my wife is on the home front with my kids, keeping them kind of in a sense of normalcy, even while my sense of normal has been completely gone, right? Um, she has been a rock for me. My bride has been a rock for me. Um, where in the upheaval of what it is to lose your father, I can come home and there's stability and there's sameness and there's saneness. Because as, as much as my wife is grieving too, as much as my kids are grieving too, Not much has changed at home. Because my wife is faithful to the task that God has given her with walking beside me and helping me to raise our children, more to the point, me helping her to raise our children. Yeah. Um, and that is a gift that means more to me, again, than I think I can actually say. Um, and I have told her several times in the last couple of months, you know, she's, she, where she has offered, I'll go with you. And, and I've said, thank you, but I need you here more than I need you in the car with me on the way there and on the way back. Um, my family has meant for me my nuclear family, my wife and my kids, have given me um, the freedom to grieve the loss of my father and have a sense of normalcy and sanity and a good kind of busyness in the midst of it. So whether they know they've given me that gift or not, um, and I can I, I tell them, but again, I don't think that words necessarily sure. express what that really means for me to have them just be at home with me and say, hi, dad, when I walk in the door, right? And Micah, my son, who whom I love, I think I've read that somewhere before, uh, you know, regularly wakes up in the morning and one of the first things he does is he comes finds his mom and he hugs her and he comes find me and he hugs me and then he goes finds breakfast because you know he's a growing boy that's what they do um where my teenage girls sleep in yeah. but he still does that right um and that has been a comfort for me other family you know it's because I'm other families and I'm, 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 you know, I'm being pastor mm -hmm. here. Other families might've done that journey a little bit differently. They might've done a lot more tracking back and forth. Um, and 
this is not, it's not a judgment on either your family. And this is part of, it, it just strikes me listening to you that other families might do that differently and that's okay. You know, you, you know, you guys, I mean, and this kind of reflects how your family, I mean, you, my observation is you have this great godly priority on as much stability as possible for your children. Is that an accurate yeah. assessment? And, and you, that priority didn't change as no. your father was declining. No. And other families might've done things differently and that's okay. Um, I mean, really it is, yeah, but you guys chose that. And what, you know, what I'm hearing is, I mean, I heard you say how comforting that is to you. Yeah. Uh, my sense is, is that it also was to them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, it's, Again, this this is just one of those things. We're having a pastoral conversation. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who are listening, you know, there's not just one way to go about this. Uh, and, and for everyone, uh, grief and the journey of grief is, is a unique thing. There's no cookie-cutter way to do it. There's no... Um, I mean, we, we've, I've heard people talk about the stages of grief, um, and there's some truth to that, but it's not like you go through one stage and then you're done with it, and then you have the next stage to go through, and then once you go through that stage, you're done with that stage too, and, and once you get through all the, I don't know, five or seven stages or whatever it is of grief, then you're done grieving. It doesn't work that way. Um, different things on different days in different moments are going to sneak up and crack me on the back of the head and I'm going to go, okay, instant bucket, right? I'm just going to be a bucket of tears for a minute. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, there, there are, and will continue to be, I'm sure, uh, different verses of different songs and different hymns that are just gonna wreck me. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so true. And, 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 and I might, I might see it coming and gird myself for it and, and sing through it and be okay. And the next time I sing the same hymn, I'm not even close to okay. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. I'm not, um, I'm not robotic in my approach to grieving. I'm not, um, I, I'm not just going to say I'm fine because I'm good. Most of the time. And, and then we, I have moments that I'm not. And it is. And it is, that's it, okay. It is interesting to me. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what happens. And I'm really glad, Jason, that you're here and that we can be here for you. And how, because you're part of a bigger team ministry here. You've yeah. got two pastors and you got a you got a staff. And um, what, a, what a different thing it is if you're a sole pastor you know, at a distance and the, the way that that changes, you yeah. know, just when, you know, when we got the notice, what, you know, almost two weeks ago that you were going to, you know, you weren't going to be there Saturday and you had, we had plans on Sunday that you were going to go sit in the radio room. Yep. And then, you know, you know, you either called or texted me and said, dad's taking the turn. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and, and, and that, and we just rolled with it. Yeah. You know, whereas 
doesn't it give you an, an immense amount of thankfulness for this situation and the, um, and the different kind of grief that comes, you know, if you were a sole pastor yeah, and you had to be there on Sunday, right? Yeah. That, I would have, and I would have finished Bible study on Sunday morning and then promptly tore out of town and probably had an overnight bag and gotten there Sunday and stayed Sunday night and yeah. Monday all day. And, and I'm not sure what, what day I would have ended up back at right. home. Um, so yeah, it's different because I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm able to, you know, f- fly up the road an hour and a half. It's also a big difference when you're an hour and a half away and when you're four hours away. Right. That's, that's a, well, and that's, that's and that, and thing. that for our listeners too, because sometimes, you know, what if you're half a continent away mm-hmm. and it, it's, it, it makes it, it, it makes it more different, different and more complicated in, because there's in some ways in, in some ways in the, in the way of being present. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of to reflect back that, that's part of what we watched mom do in our lives. And, and now at the end of dad's is to be present always. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm reminded of the conversation you and I had with, uh, Mark Treadray, uh, where we made comment about, you know, if one of us lived on the East coast and one of us lived on the West coast, Oh, that'd be, that'd be tougher. But we'd still make it work, right? We'd still figure out. You'd how, find a way to get together. How to do New Year's together, right? Because right? that's, I mean, that's, that's what you do. That's what we do. We've been doing it for nigh on 20 years now. Um, so, you know, as it's because in, in, a, in a similar way, that's what we do. Uh, my. By the family, way, are you going to go to Minnesota this year since I've got the weekend? When? For, oh, new, for new Year's? No, we're going to be in Arizona. But I thought you're flying back. We are, and they're meeting us here. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, I want to circle back to uh, you asked about my family. Yeah, my nuclear family, but that extends also to my family of origin. Um, my mom and my sister and I are able to even even in the fleeting moments that we have together are able to be present. Right, right there in that moment, and to be vulnerable with each other, um, and I, I, I reflect back on, uh, you know, after Dad had died. Dad had died Monday, um, Tuesday, Tuesday morning. I was well. When Monday night, I was back home. So Monday, I ran. Monday after Dad died, I ran up there, um, and then I came home. Uh, Tuesday morning, I came into work and knocked out a couple of things, uh, and then. Um, ran back up there and gallivanted all around Appleton doing funeral planning stuff with mom and Sean. And we as a family were able to have conversations that um, weren't easy. You know, mom didn't want certain things with the funeral. I absolutely wanted them and needed them. And we were able as a family to be present with each other and to say, I know that you don't want this. I know you just want to get it over with, but I need this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
and I'm able, and then I was able to hear, well, okay, but I can't handle this. Okay. We can do this together. So, uh, I, we didn't, we didn't need to bicker about those things. We didn't need to argue. We, we are, are able to be open and be vulnerable and be forgiving and gracious and, and a rock for one another, right? Um, to hold each other up. Um, you know, my sister and I had a conversation after the funeral, just very briefly, standing there next to each other. Uh, and I'm, I got my arm around her, and she's got her arm around me, and I said, well, sis, now we got to hold mom up because she's going to keep trying to hold us up. And, and she said something along the lines of, and, and we hold up each other. You know, wow, does that bring a memory? And I said, yeah, yeah, we do. Is that your memory? Yeah. That sticks out right now, a week out. What do you have a couple like a memory that sticks out? Um or two. Singing Abide with Me as a processional hymn for a funeral. You just start everybody in tears, right? <laughs> and then and then you're okay. And and this this is but this is the memory that stuck out. My son being the crucifer for that service, carrying the processional cross. As you're all singing. Down the center aisle, as we're abide singing, abide with me. With me. You're going to make me ball, yeah. Yeah. right? The, but, but then, but then, he is standing on the chancel, in the very middle of the chancel, holding up the cross. And my dad's casket is right in front of him, covered in a funeral pall. Yeah. The robe of Christ's righteousness that covers him. And we're singing, hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Perfect. The congregation was singing, I wasn't. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get through that again when I have to do a graveside committal again. <laughs> but I will. Yeah. But I will. Um, That's a great memory. Your man up there, oh, hold, up there holding the cross as you're singing. He, I was so proud of my son. He didn't, he didn't shake. He didn't cry. I mean, he was, he was, there was a tear on his cheek, mm -hmm. but he stood there doing a service for his grandpa. Yeah. Just like grandma. And then he walked over and he put the cross on its stand right next to the the ombo or the lectern because there's just one. Yeah. So. Um, and then he walked back down and he sat in the row right behind us. Uh, and then at the end, he went back up and he took the cross and he walked down to the foot of the casket and he stood there and waited. And then pastor came down behind him and he let us out while we sang, I know that my redeemer lives. Perfect. That memory sticks out. As my son being the crucifer for this service, that memory sticks out. Um, singing the song that sticks out from the funeral is actually another ongoing Ambassadors for Christ song called Jude, uh, which is just the end of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you 
and to make you stand in the present. To, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. And it's this beautiful little song um, that says those things. And we sang that after the, after the sermon. And the harmonies from the, from the congregation of those who knew the song or those who just picked up the melody and went with it and my sister singing one part and I'm singing another part and there's sporadic people behind us singing other parts and the, the music sticks out to me. Which, um, which is your number one thing. Yeah. Which is what, yeah. Right. It's, it's what makes me who I am. And so, uh, as I'm walking down this journey of grieving, uh, it's no surprise, right. That, um, that it's the music that does it, right? That that either builds me up and makes me take a deep breath and go, yeah, or, or it absolutely turns me into a bucket. It, yeah, at random moments, at random times, right? Um, and there's a there's a guy that that wrote an album called Resurrection Letters Volume Two, which is all of these um, stories kind of, whether they're biblical stories or um, stories of deliverance or stories of, of, of the resurrection pictured in our reality, right? Um, we're gonna, one of them is called Rocket. We're going to see a rocket blast through the last of the atmosphere. Right? Yeah. Well, it's about his kids going to watch a rocket launch down, in, down at uh, Cape Canaveral or, or wherever they, they were somewhere in Florida watching a rocket go up. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's going to shake the ground. Yeah. When Christ comes back, when the resurrection happens, we're going to see it. The trumpet will sound oh, and the man. dead in Christ will rise, rise first. first. <laughs> we're going to, and we're going to see it, right? We're going to see the last of the atmosphere just absolutely get blown away as Christ returns anytime now Jesus anytime right and so there's for me that this the music sticks out from the service we sang abide with me again at the graveside I was able to sing most of that one <laughs> good for you. not all of it and that's okay um and then and then the thing that sticks out for me is uh, the memory of, of the whole day, right, is the music of the service and the family together after in the backyard at my sister's house, you know, playing badminton and spike ball and, and whatever else we were playing, right? Just having a family moment and being able to enjoy the people that God has placed in our lives to walk beside us. Um, you know, if if I may, let's let's yeah. go there for a minute. Because one of the one of the things in my year of you know working with you side by side mm. that I've seen you do several times at funerals is you really press this the that after the the necessity the importance of eating together and talking yeah. after after yeah. a funeral. I mean, and that it's something that 
I've done for years, and I was delighted when you entered that, that you were even more pressing about it than I was. Yeah, which this was, is really important. And so now, you know, now you know, we got a, you know, we got a few minutes here. Yeah. Um, now you're on the other side of that, and you just experience. You weren't just telling people; you were you were living it and yeah. doing it. Yeah. What did it feel like? Well, maybe that's not the. What was it like being on the other side of that? Is everything you ever said true? Yep. Okay. Unequivocally. Yep. Why? That, um, I don't know. I, if I could explain it, I'd tell you. If I could explain it, I could probably write a book and 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 just walk around the world telling people about how to grieve, uh, and you know, kind of be be done with a day job and just do that. Cause like you said, at the beginning of our last episode, our culture is jacked up when it comes to understanding well, how to do this. I'll well. give, I'll give you a part of my theory. Why? Yeah. It's because your dad's not dead. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, right. Uh, so let's go back to, um, the, let's go back to the Monday when dad dies. Yeah. Okay. So dad dies at five o'clock. Mom calls me and says, your dad just passed. And I said, I'll be there inside of two hours. It really took me like just over an hour to get there. That Subaru was hauling. <laughs> I use the cruise control. I have to, because I didn't trust my right foot not to get me in trouble. Um, on the way up, I called Mark. Your best friend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the comments I made to him was 60 miles an hour never felt so slow. <laughs> okay. That's where I was. Um, hence cruise control. So we get up there and we're talking and, and I'm, I'm, I'm there with my mom and my sister and my dad. Um, and, and we're, mom has been walking around the room, cleaning up and packing things up. And for the last hour, right. And mom and Sean have it pretty well all packed up and ready to go. Uh, except dad's still there. And, and she made the comment that she was not going to let the funeral home come and take him until I got there until we were all there as a family. Um, and, and she just had been talking to him and caring for his body, combing his hair, cleaning him up, making him look presentable for the funeral home to come and take him. Yep. Okay, so at one point um, we, we had been talking and mom said something about, you know, dad's with Jesus. And, and I said, you're right, he is. Uh, and, and yet, mom, you've been, you've been taking care of dad right here, even after he died. Because why? What's, and I don't remember how this conversation actually unfolded, but, but the gist of it or the, 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 the thing that came out of it was because this body is still dad. Yes. He, death separated him body and soul, but this body doesn't cease to be my father just because his soul has been parted from it. So this is still my dad. Um, and he, he's right here and your mom did it instinctively yeah. treated him with dignity and yeah. honor yeah it did, wasn't not not as something a rapper to be to tossed away right but with the highest honor absolutely absolutely so the funeral home comes i love your mom i do too that. so the funeral home comes and and 
you know, she's talking about some things for the, that need to be squared away with the funeral or whatever. And, um, and, and then they start getting, they bring in a gurney and they're getting ready to take him out. And the funeral director basically says, you know, you guys can leave. You don't have to stay here for this part. And my mom says, oh no, I'm not going to leave him. I promised I wouldn't. Um, and I looked at the funeral director. I didn't say it, but I just walked over to dad's bed and now I'm helping them get the sheets pulled up and, and prepared to move his body from his bed onto the gurney for the funeral home to take him. And she looks at me and goes, I can do this. And I said, I'm going to help. And she, I think, I don't think she quite picked that up because another 30 seconds later, she's like, reach, re, goes to reach her like past me. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm going to help. She's like, are you sure? Yes, I'm going to help. And so I'm going to help place my father's body onto this gurney. So you can take him. So the, the nurse from hospice wrapped the sheets over his head and I took the fitted sheet off of his mattress and wrapped his feet and the funeral director grabbed the sheet across the middle and together the three of us picked my dad up and put him on the gurney. And then I start bringing the cover that they have that zips up the middle, right? This kind of maroon velour, super thick material cover that they, uh, pretty much every funeral home uses the same thing, Sure. Right? It's a glorified body bag. Uh, d- Dad was too tall for the stinking gurney. <laughs> so his feet are kind of hanging off the end of it, right? I'm the one tucking the sheets into the the folds of it and and wrapping the two sides of it up so that I can bring the zipper up. And I'm the one zipping up over his toes and pushing that zipper up to meet the one that's come down from his head. And at one point, the funeral director like reached down to grab the zipper by his toes only to find that I already had it halfway up to his knees. And she, she like was startled and looked at me and I just looked dead in the eye and said, I got this. I'm going to help. And I finished zipping him up. And Um, in so doing, you were being the son of Karen Shockman. Caring for my father. Indeed. Paul Bearers. That was one of the conversations, right? Where I need this. So I got to be the Paul Bearer that began to place the casket into the coach. And then the last one to have my hand on it after the service and thought, home. You're home. And then we went after the luncheon, right? We went out to the committal. And I was the first one to place a hand on it. And I was the first one to place him on the rollers over the graveside. And I was the last one to have a hand on it. And in this resting place, Dad, your body waits for the dead in Christ to rise. We're going to see a rocket. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, thanks for joining us on 
And thank you, my friend, for two days after your father's funeral for sitting down and talking about this. Um, it's been great for me. Well, we just sit here and get a little verklempt and this, yeah, this is the thing, right? And this has been about you. Yeah, but it's, this is what happens in pastoral conversations. How often do we walk away from a, a shut in call and think, I think I got more out of that than they did. (laughs) Right. This is what happens when we walk beside one another through this valley of the shadow. It is the Lord walking beside us, carrying us in his strength that allows us to be, to simply be, right? Uh, My mom said to somebody at the funeral or at the luncheon after I was overhearing this conversation, uh, it it is not by my strength that I am making it through this day. It is the Lord Jesus who carries us. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping, as well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping and a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.